You're listening to the King's Oahu podcast. We hope today you're inspired, your faith is built up, and that you're encouraged by today's word. Title of my message this morning, if you're taking notes, is getting your mouth in agreement with God. Getting your mouth in agreement with God. You say, well, Pastor, why is this so important? It's because I think most of the time we don't recognize how powerful our mouth is. As a matter of fact, if, if there's anything that I can sow into your life this morning is when you leave this place to have a revelation of how powerful your mouth actually is. There is so much strength and power. There is creative power. There is authority. There is power to heal. There is, there is declaration that changes things. There's proclamations in your mouth that changes things in your life. Friends, if you can leave here with that revelation that your mouth is powerful, it will change everything in your life. Change everything in your relationships. And so with that, it's so imperative for us to get our mouth in agreement with God. So how do we do this? How do we, how do we get this thing which the Bible says is so unruly and so wild? Can any man tame their tongue? But I believe that there's three keys to getting our mouth in agreement with God. And the first key that we see is revealed to us in this passage in Isaiah. And the prophet admits, he acknowledges, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you to come and cleanse my mouth. I don't know about you, but I've, I've said things that I wish I would have never said. Anybody here so stick your foot in your mouth, so deep in your mouth that your mouth had toe jams for weeks? Anybody with me? You guys know what I'm talking about. You're like, I wish I wouldn't have said that. And, uh, and people look at you like, dude, you get your foot out of your mouth, man. That was bad. That was, that was really bad. Now, sometimes we're, we're very flippant with the things that we say because we don't understand the magnitude, the power that lies in our mouth. The prophet understands what God is calling him to. God is calling him to prophesy to a nation, to declare to a people the declarations of the Lord. And yet he acknowledges, Lord, I am a man of unclean lips, and I am a man that lives amongst people of unclean lips. I am ruined. Look at the acknowledgement of the Lord. I am ruined. Lord, I have messed up so bad. I've said things that I regret. But yet he understood the power of God to cleanse him. He understood the power of repentance. Can I, can I tell you, repentance uproots. I'll say it again. Repentance uproots that which has been sown. Whether it was a seed of sin whether it was a seed of discouragement, when we repent, it uproots. That means that thing no longer has the ability to, to take root and have life. I'm going to say that again. Repentance uproots sin, uproots discouragement, uproots seeds that have been sown out of hurt and pain. And so now that thing can no longer take root and produce fruit. There have been moments in my relationship with my wife where I've said things that I regretted or things out of frustration. I know, you know, my wife is so amazing. How can anybody say anything disparaging against her? But you know, <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. That's true, that's true. <laughs> hey, I just wanna say there's times where I actually thought I was justified in what I said. But you know, what's so amazing is in that moment, I had to acknowledge my need to come to my wife and repent. 
Shannon, I'm sorry for what I said. In that moment of repentance, what did it do? It uprooted that thing so that no longer those words that I spoke could take root in her life or in mine. So the prophet acknowledges a need to repent to the Lord, to deal with those things that were spoken. But also this moment of a cleansing. Lord, cleanse my lips. That which was once used for the enemy to destroy, Lord, you can restore and you can redeem and bring life forth from my lips. I want to read you a very interesting passage. Matthew 12, 33. Everybody turn with me there. Matthew 12, 33. <clears throat> make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? So what is Jesus dealing with? Jesus is actually dealing with the power of your words. How can you say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Some of you guys just need to look at the person next to you and say, you're so full of it. Anyways, no, don't say that. That's wrong. Don't, don't. Pastor, that's inappropriate. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word. What is an empty word? An empty word is a word that is spoken flippantly. A word that's just thrown out there or a word that's spoken that are, that's, that's fruitless, meaning that it's not producing righteous fruit in someone's life. It's void of substance. It's void of the glory and the power of God. So we're going to have to give an account for every, every empty word that was spoken. For by your words, this is powerful, by your words you will be acquitted and by your words you will be condemned. As we look at this passage, we have to ask ourselves, Lord, how do we make a tree good? If we're dealing with, if the parallel here is with this tree, is really this understanding of our mouth, that's the parallel between the tree and our mouth, our words, that which we speak. How do we make the tree good? How do we make our mouth <laughs> good? Well, if we do a deep dive in the understanding of a tree and how you would make a tree good, number one, the soil. You have to deal with the soil. The soil represents the source of nutrition, the source of life. It represents the surroundings and the environment. Can I tell you, every single one of us, whether we like it or not, we are victims of our environment. Even language-wise, we see it very, that's, that's why we have, now this is, not, this is not a diss on anybody, but that's why we have this, you ever heard that phrase, you cuss like a sailor? Right? How many times I've had people come up to me and say, you know, oh, pastors, excuse my, my French. They're not French at all. Um, but they say, excuse, they excuse my French. I grew up, I grew up uh, you know, in construction. And so automatically, like, there's this justification that I, I speak a certain way because what surrounds my life. See, we, friends, we are all people 
that have a specific surrounding in our life and that your surrounding will determine your language. I'm going to say it again. Your surroundings will determine your language. That's why you got to get in the presence of God. That's why you got to get in church. Come on, somebody. That's why you got to get in the Word. Whatever surrounds you, whatever environment you see yourself in will actually determine your language. So you got to change now listen, I'm about to say something. Don't get angry at me, but some of you got to change your surroundings. Whether it be your friends, whether it be the people that influence your life, because it's affecting your language. So we have to change. We want to turn a tree good. We got to change the soil. Secondly, we got to go to the roots. That's the heart. What does he say? That your mouth will speak what your heart is full of. Your mouth will speak what your heart is full of. And so if we want to make a tree good, we've got to go to the root. We've got to go to the heart. Now, the good thing is this. The Bible says that he heals. Jesus heals the brokenhearted and binds up our wounds. We don't have to allow our brokenness anymore to be the determining factor of our language or our conversations. We can be completely and totally healed. But man, I'm telling you, there are moments where my brokenness and my hurt were the very things that factored into my conversations and my language. The rejection I felt, the anger that I had, the disappointment. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Anybody here ever just say what was on your heart? I think at times there needs to be an acknowledgement, Lord, I need my heart to be healed because my heart is broken. My heart has experienced certain things. I've experienced rejection and that's why I hurt people with my mouth. Is because my mouth is attached to that rejection. And I, I really believe that God wants to heal your heart this morning. How many of you say, Pastor, I, I need my heart to be healed this morning. Come on, anybody here? Maybe disappointment, hurt, anger. So we see, how do we make a tree good? The soil, the roots. But can I give you one last one? It's branches. How do you make a tree good? It's branches. The direct parallel we see here, and I know some of you are say, well, Pastor, how does this work? But really the direct parallel we see is our branches represent our conversations. The branches of your life represent the conversations of your life. And the honest truth is, unless we're willing to prune back some of our conversations, we're going to continue to bear bad fruit. See, this is what's interesting is this. We have the soil, we have the roots, and then the roots begin to produce fruit. No, the branches produce fruit. And so really, the fruit of your mouth will be directly attached to the branches of your life, the conversations that you have in your life. Now, I know we're all Christians here, so none of us gossip. Why are you, why are you laughing for us? So I, I know none of you gossip, but sometimes they're just conversations that exist that have no place in the kingdom of God. There's conversations that we're having about certain people or about certain situations. And friends, we've got to prune off some of those conversations because it's producing a certain type of fruit in your life and in other people's lives. 
And, for, and, and times we can't figure out why we're not getting breakthrough and why we're not getting victory in certain things. It's because some of the conversations in our life have gone wild. Ephesians 5, 4. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Out of place for what? It doesn't belong in the kingdom of God. Well, pastor, you know, I just, I like, I like dirty jokes. The Holy Spirit doesn't. We can grieve. Did you know that the Bible actually tells us that we can grieve the Holy Spirit by the words that come out of our mouth? Sometimes the words that come out of our mouth are very vengeful, vindictive. And we've got to be very careful. We've got to sever and prune some of those conversations that we're having. Listen to this. This is what we're encouraged to. This is what our conversations should do. Are you ready for this? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is what we're encouraged in Scripture. This is what should happen with our conversations. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Everybody say build. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Oikodome is the Greek word for that word build. It's a fantastic word. Because it means to build a house, to restore, to rebuild and repair from its foundation. It's like a house that's dilapidated. A house is completely destroyed. Anybody ever seen those, those houses almost completely destroyed? And to take a house like that and to rebuild it, to resecure its foundation, to resecure its, its pillars and its walls, and to make it solid and strong and repair and completely, completely whole. Wow. That's the incredible honor that we have. The call that we have is to build one another up, to restore the foundations of people's lives. You know, I'm not a builder. I'm not a builder. I tried building a, a dog house one time, and it fell on the dog. But, um, <laughs> but I remember there was this one project. As a matter of fact, it was this project. And we, bought, we brought a bunch of students, Pastor Shannon and I, um, when we first came on staff 20 years ago, holy moly, Lord Jesus, help us. 20 years ago, we brought a missions team here to Oahu to help um, demolish this place. Now, let me tell you something. It doesn't take a lot of talent and know-how and ability to demolish something. Can I tell you, one of my favorite things to do was to get that sledgehammer and straight up tear down walls. It was awesome. So we took this whole, yeah, Hulk smash. We took a whole group of people and we came in and we just demolished this place. And I just said, put me on a steel beam, put me on whatever you want, put me on some, I'm just going to use this hammer, this jackhammer, this sledgehammer to knock down stuff. Doesn't take much skill or wisdom or knowledge. You just hit stuff. But it takes a lot of skill to build something. There's a moment where I realized, wow, I just don't have the ability to build. I had to entrust that in the hands of other people. 
But see, what we're called to do as a body of believers is to build. That means there's got to be a moment in our life where we say, Lord, I want to speak what you speak. I want to say what you say. Friends, there's a, there's a place of repentance. There's a place of acknowledging our need for God to cleanse us, to wash us, to take that coal from the altar and allow that to burn away all the dross in our life. And can I tell you, friends, there's an opportunity for us to start fresh. You might have said some degrading things to people. You might have been a part of conversations that destroyed but we can repent and we can change our conversation. We can cleanse. The Holy Spirit can come and cleanse our lips and heal our hearts so that we can now return to a place where our mouth is powerful and our mouth, the declarations and the proclamations of our life bring forth healing in life. Amen? Come on, somebody. Everybody say cleanse. The second key is to guard. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23, it says, those who guard, this is huge, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Isn't that interesting that your mouth actually has the potential to guard your life? So wouldn't you guard something that has the power to guard your own life? So I want you to see this. The, the, the Hebrew word that we see here in the book of Proverbs, the Hebrew word is the Hebrew word samar, which means to protect to watch over, to restrain, to have charge of. And this is what's amazing. Many of you have heard me say that. One of the things I love about the Hebrew language is that it gives incredible, like magnificent word pictures. And one of the word pictures we see here for the word guard is someone guarding an incredibly valuable treasure. Now, this is what's interesting. The word samar in the Hebrew has more to do with the value of that which is being guarded than, than actually the action of the guard. I'm going to say that again. It has more to do with the value of that which is being guarded than the action of the guard. It puts the emphasis on the value of the treasure. Your mouth is an incredibly valuable treasure that is worth guarding. Don't be flippant with your speech, with your language, with your mouth. Your mouth is a valuable treasure. We have to take the personal responsibility and initiative to see our mouths as a valuable treasure that must be protected and guarded. However, in Psalms 141, verse 3, and I want you to see this passage. This is powerful to me. Psalms 143, 141.3. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Not only do we have to take personal responsibility to guard our mouth, to see our mouth as something of great value, we need the Lord's help. Can I tell you that the Word of God, the Bible, that, this incredible book that you're holding in your hand, this Bible is a guard around your mouth. See, I can say things in direct opposition to this Bible. 
I can, I can regurgitate people's opinions and things that I heard. I mean, I, I love sitting down and talking news with people because all, all they're ever doing is regurgitating that which they hear. But you know, it's amazing is that we can speak the word of the Lord. That this word becomes a guard over our mouth. That everything that, everything that we speak comes into alignment with this word. But how about this one? The Holy Spirit is also a guard on our mouth. And there's been times, I just wanted to say something. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody here, you're just like, I got to say it. I want to say it. I want to say it. And the whole time, the Holy Spirit's like, don't say it. I got to say it. Almost like you're going to explode if you don't say it, right? And the Holy Spirit's like, don't say it. Don't do it. You're going to unleash something that you're going to regret. I got to say it. There's been times, by God's grace, where I've obeyed the unction and the leading, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And there's times where I failed miserably. You know, the worst part is I had to eat the fruit of my failure. How about this one? I had to eat the fruit of my disobedience. So the Holy Spirit, that's why we need the Holy Spirit to help guide and lead our conversations. I mean, I've, friends, listen, I've caught myself. I won't say I caught myself. The Holy Spirit has helped me catch myself in the middle of a conversation the holy spirit says this is not a conversation that pleases me the word of god is a guard around your mouth the holy spirit helps us guard our mouth but friends we'll never arrive at that place until we first revalue our mouth revalue our language and revalue our words. Everybody say guard. What's number one? What's number one? <laughs> Cleanse. What's number two? Guard. Can I give you the last one? Are you ready for this? Turn with me to Psalms 81.10. You guys getting anything this morning? Everybody say cleanse. Everybody say guard. Psalms 81 verse 10. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. Open wide your mouth, and I will fill it. The third key to bringing our mouth in agreement with the Lord is, number one, we got to cleanse our mouth. Number two, we need to guard our mouth. But thirdly, we need to ask him to fill it. What are you filling your mouth with? Friends, what are you, what are you eating on. Somebody here needs to hear this this morning. God desires to use your mouth as an instrument of praise, power, and proclamation. You know what I, I believe God wants us to understand? One of the revelations that God wants us to get this morning. A mouth yielded to the Lord. If you can write this down in your notes. A mouth yielded to the Lord is a mouth filled with with the properties of his word. I want you to understand what we're about to talk about. A mouth yielded to the Lord is a mouth filled with the properties of his word. Pastor, what do you mean by, by properties? The Bible says that we were made in the image of God. That means we carry his likeness. 
The best illustration that I can, can even think about this is, see, God made us so different. He actually, the reason we're made in his likeness, very different than any other creature on planet Earth, is because God's desire to commune with us. We have a very different relationship with God than any other creature, any other being on planet Earth. Right, let me give you an, ex an example here. I have the most amazing dog. I love my dog. And you would look at me and go, he has a Doberman Pinscher. He has a, he has a, a Rottweiler, right? He has a, a pit bull. No, I have a multi-poo. That's right. And I love my multi-poo. And I cuddle with my multi-poo. And man, I'm telling you, my multi-poo and I, we, we have fun. We go on walks. We play. But you know what's interesting is there's a unique difference in the interaction that I have with my multi-poo, a dog, and my kids. See, my kids are actually made in my likeness. That dog is wonderful, and I enjoy my dog. But there's a very different interaction that I have. You see, we were made differently. We're made in his likeness, which determines our interaction with him. We're made to commune with him. But see, in this, in being made in the likeness of God, there are certain characteristics. Are you ready for this? There are certain characteristics that we now have in our life because of who he is and who we are in him. Let me explain to you what I mean. The very words that spoke this world into existence the book of Genesis explains to us that God spoke this world into existence. That means that the very words of God carry creative properties. So that means, can I tell you, the very words of God which created and cultivated this book, can I tell you, these are the words of God, the unadulterated words of God, the very power, the very essence of the words of God. So every time, I want you to hear this, every time you declare this word... You carry creative properties. You have creative properties. God made something out of nothing. That's why your words have the ability to bring forth waters from a desert or bring forth light out of darkness. Because you carry creative properties. Because as his words, the very words that spoke this world into existence, as his words are spoken through your mouth, your mouth now carries creative properties. What are you creating? Now you can create dysfunction or you can create life. Because your mouth carries creative properties. How about this one? Your mouth carries authoritative properties. The Bible tells us that we can speak to a mountain and it will be moved and cast into the ocean. Did you know that the Bible also tells us that we, by the, by the words of the Lord, that we have authority over the demonic? That's why it says, whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You have authoritative properties in your mouth. Can I give you one more? Oh, I like this one. Oh, I can, I, I can just keep going. You have redemptive qualities. Something that the world deemed as broken and lost and dysfunctional, you can now redeem it by your words. 
Isn't that awesome? Because that's the same thing that was spoken over you. The Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. That means day and night he's trying to, he's trying to hurl accusation on you. And the word of the God, the word of God redeemed you. That means your very identity was changed. So in your mouth, you actually have redemptive properties. You can speak over something that is broken and dysfunctional and speak life and identity and purpose over them. How about healing properties? Oh, listen, I'm, this is good. This is good. I'm, I'm getting excited. Your mouth has healing properties. The Bible says he sent forth his word and healed our diseases. Did you know that when your words line up with the word of God, you can actually speak for healing upon people's lives? Jesus didn't reach in to the tomb of Lazarus and put his hands on a dead corpse. The Bible explains to us that Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth you can bring healing to your marriage through your words you can bring healing to your children through your words you can bring healing in the midst of the situation through your words come on somebody said lord fill my mouth i want the word of the lord to fill my mouth because in his words are creative properties authoritative properties redemptive properties healing properties Listen to Proverbs 18, 20. I'm almost done, but I'm getting excited. You guys are stirring me up, man. I'm just, can I just say you are probably one of the greatest groups of people to preach to on planet earth. Proverbs 18, 20. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. Well, what is that saying? That your, your sustenance actually comes from what you say. You feed, your mouth feeds you. With the harvest of their lips... They are satisfied. The tongue, this is this passage, you ready? The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. See, whatever you say, we're talking about being filled, right? So actually, whatever you say fills you. Not only whatever you hear or whatever you know, the Holy Spirit filling you, it's whatever you say, whatever comes out of your mouth becomes a part of what fills your life. See, the power of the tongue begins with the source. Isn't it interesting that this, this passage says that in the tongue has the power of death and life? That word death, and I want you to hear this, that word death means a realm of the dead, a place of death, a place of violence. That means that your mouth can actually be attached to hell itself. Oh no, pastor, never, I'm a Christian. Well, let's talk about Peter. This one moment Jesus says, to his disciples, who do men say that I am? Peter has this incredible revelation. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. What does Jesus do? He goes to the source. Then Jesus starts talking about how he's going to have to die. And Peter's like, no, you ain't. And Peter has the, the audacity to actually rebuke Jesus. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't calling Peter Satan. He was going to the source. And he says, you do not have in mind the things of God. 
So if Peter himself will struggle with the source issue, friends, our mouth is attached to a source. And there are times, even though we love Jesus, there are times that we, our mouth can be used for death. But listen to this. Our mouth can also be used for life. The word life that we see here means fresh flowing river. That which revitalizes. That which provides sustenance. Your words can produce life in people. Pastor, I don't know why there's so much death in my marriage. Maybe it's your mouth. Pastor, I don't know why there's so much dysfunction here, there, and everywhere. Your mouth holds the power of death and life. Can, we get, can I give you one more revelation? Because this is huge and I'm almost done. I've got like five minutes left in the service. I'm just giving you all barrels. James chapter 3, verse 9. says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings. Who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth, out of the same mouth, come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? The word curse there that we see, the very unique word, it means to be given to barrenness. It means to be given to barrenness so that we actually curse people and we speak death over people. And we speak a curse over people. And there's a problem that I have with this passage. Do you know why? Because Galatians 3.13 says that Jesus destroyed the curse. And that we're actually not to call people cursed because Jesus dealt with the curse. So that means when you hurl a curse on someone, you're actually demeaning the work that Christ did on the cross. Friends, we got to be careful to understand the magnitude and the power of that which comes out of our mouth. We're not called to curse and to damn people to hell or speak death. We're called to speak life. And I love this. Are you ready? The word blessing that we see here is actually (laughs) the Greek word is the word eulogia, which actually is where we get the word eulogy from. When someone passes away, we we give a eulogy. But this word eulogia, it it means to declare something blessed. To declare something blessed. Now, this doesn't mean, hey, I declare blessings upon you, Pastor Andrew. Pastor Andrew, come stand here. See, a lot of times we think this word blessing means, I declare blessing on you. Oh, I declare goodness upon you. No, 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 no. It's not to declare blessing upon the person. Come on over here, Pastor Andrew. It's to declare them blessed. Not what they have. Watch me. Not what they have, but rather who they are. That's what this word blessed means. It's not, oh, Pastor Andrew, I I declare blessings on you that you're going to have all these different things and you're going to have this and you're going to have it. No, 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 no. It means that his very identity is blessed. That God so redeemed him and God has so changed him and God has put his hand upon him that everything that he is, not everything he has, everything that he is, is blessed. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Come on. 
He doesn't just change what you have. He changes who you are. The very essence of your life. You are blessed. See, the devil wants you to be cursed. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life and that life more abundantly. You are blessed. So can you imagine if the people of God would begin to implement these three keys in their life? That if we would be like the prophet Isaiah, that would say, Lord, cleanse my mouth. And if we would understand the value of our mouth, the value of our conversation, say, Lord, guard my mouth. But also, if we could get a revelation that God can fill our mouth, that in our mouth is the power of life. In our mouth is the power of blessing. Friends, you can change things. And this is what I'm believing. The reason God has led us to this place and this message is because if a people would humble themselves, if a people would repent, just like the prophet Isaiah, and we would say, Lord, here's my mouth, fill it. God can change the situations in your life. God can change things in your marriage. Come on, friends. He can bring healing to your marriage. He can bring healing to your families. He can bring healing to your life. Things can change. So this is my challenge to you this morning. Let's get our mouth in agreement with God. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And for more great content, go to kcoahu.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.